0: Welcome to the Best Dam Podcast, brought to you from I and I Music and Podcast Studios. This is your host, Joe Lagan, CEO of the Boulder City Chamber of Commerce. In each episode, we will highlight what makes Boulder City, home of the Hoover Dam, the ideal place to operate your successful small business, explore world-class tourism attractions, and discover why we are the perfect place to live and unwind. On today's show, we have the pleasure of speaking with Roger Hall. I am very excited to bring you more information about Roger and to talk to him a little bit, to get to visit and understand a little bit more about all of the ins and outs that it takes to create the Danbury and the 4th of July activities. And this is the 73rd annual Danbury. That's a lot of years. Have you been doing all 73?
1: (laughs) The Danbury committee was established in September of 1995. So from that point, 27 years, I've been doing it.
0: Very good. Yeah. Well, I think you've got a handle on it, good grip. I hope so. <laughs> well, we we really are appreciative of all your efforts because we know this takes a lot to, to do the behind the scenes and the planning. And the Danbury is such a, it's iconic and and it's part of the fabric of Boulder City and something that Boulder City residents look forward to. And a lot of the alumni come back and they have their reunions. And so it's also a place of homecoming and a lot of opportunity to show appreciation whether that's to those that have gone on before us, the, the veterans and the military appreciation, just as, as well as the founders of Boulder City itself and the history of Boulder City. So we're really excited and sure appreciate you coming and visiting with us a little bit. So can you share a little bit about what, in the planning of process, how much time and effort goes into creating the Danbury for here in Boulder City?
1: Well, we have a very small group of people, dedicated people, that uh, plan and uh, kind of coordinate the dam. We start in January every year, so we have six months. We normally meet once once a week, or excuse me, once a month, and uh, down at the creek, and we hammer out the different things. Some of our people that are doing the, the uh, Danbury have been with us a long time, so it makes it nice. Barbara Augustini does the parade. She's been doing it for years, and she has it down to a science. So it's nice to have people that know what they're doing, but we're sure looking for other people to help out, with the DAP committee.
0: That's true. So each each individual kind of has their, their thing. They know what they've got going. They They plan for it. They come in. They report on what they've accomplished, or maybe they have some issues, concerns, and they get help and support from the other committee members. And so it's not like we need any kind of a special skill set or anything. We just need somebody willing to be able to come and help in the planning process as well as day of. And so uh, I know that we can always use help day of, especially with setup and teardown and even garbage pickup at the end of the night, because it does become a long day. I think from start to finish, it's a long time out there in the heat. And so having more hands would really make things really beneficial for everybody. And so would they just connect with you at the at the rec department?
1: Yeah, they can call myself at the rec department or Jennifer Spinklink. She's a staff member that's helping to kind of coordinate the uh the paperwork for the Danbury, and it's working out really well.
0: And this is con- in conjunction with its own nonprofit, correct? This That's is a nonprofit organization.
1: That's correct. The Danbury Committee Inc. is a 501c3. We were established, as I said, in 1995, and uh, basically the board of directors plan and coordinate the Danbury Committee. Basically, we are a partner with the city in putting this thing on. The city couldn't do it by themselves, and we couldn't do it by ourselves. So basically, we I think Vicky Mays was the city manager at the time, and we went to Vicky and we said, hey, one year we had to cancel the fireworks because we didn't have enough money. And it, it cost about $35,000 to put on the fireworks show. Uh, we were short and we had to, uh, unfortunately, we had to cancel the uh, fireworks. Well, the next year, our donations went sky high. And then I went and talked with the city manager and I said, it'd be nice if the city could kick in some money for the fireworks. So the Danbury committee wouldn't have to pay all that money. We have a hard enough time getting, making money uh, to put this thing on. And the city pays us, uh, pays the fireworks company $15,000 and we we pay the rest. That's great. Yeah,
0: And sponsors, you've got quite a few sponsors on an annual basis that do want to help contribute because they realize this is a quality of life thing for us residents. And we do appreciate having something like this to, to celebrate. And you can see the fireworks from all over town. So no matter where you're at, you can be a participant.
1: Yeah, you can. And uh it's really changed. With the small amount of people in the Danbury, we're kind of focusing on Veterans Memorial Park now. Now, the parade will start at 9 a.m. up there at Colorado Street. However, we kind of figured with the with the least number of people, we wanted to make sure one of the parks Instead of having to do Broadbent Park and then having to do Veterans Park, we wanted to concentrate this year on Veterans Park. So a lot of the activities that we had at Broadbent will not be held down there. We're going to switch it to Veterans Park this year.
0: And I know that that's where the, the majority of our guests come as well. And I know that there's a lot of fun activities there for them for quite a, a length of time. So what time does it officially start at Veterans Park in the afternoon? Four
1: o'clock. We, we kind of figured four o'clock. Mike, uh, he's going to be a DJ again this year, and uh, he's going to start at five. So we'll have music going from four to five. He'll start at five o'clock. And we have the bungee jumping for the kids, rock climbing. We have the splash park on People picnicking all over the place. We have 22 RVs this year that are parked at the perimeter of the park, and we have nine food vendors and down there, too. So uh, we have quite a a bit of of stuff for people to do, and uh, people start showing up uh, very early, and it's a long day for them, too. But our focus and our big, big show is the fireworks show. It starts at 9 o'clock sharp, and uh, it's going to be a good one this year.
0: And so I know that in the past we have had Orion cannons that go off and they're usually the first couple dedicated, a family member, somebody they'll purchase it for their family member in honor of them. Can you share a little bit about how that program works?
1: Well, basically, uh, well, this year Angel Gomez, uh, uh, the Gomez family provides money for one big firework at the, at the beginning of the show. And that's kind of a, a remembrance of Angel who. Was an active part of the Parks and Rec and an active part of the community and unfortunately passed away at a young age. But if a person wants to get involved in this thing, they contact me at the Parks and Rec Department and we, we work out some a deal for them.
0: Very good. And so we've used the same family to actually put on the fireworks show. Can you share a little bit more about them? Because I, I was fascinated when you took me on my little tour last year.
1: Oh yeah, yeah Doug and his family have, I think it's twenty four years twenty five years that we've used them, and they're the same family that comes out here that sets it up on a regular basis and uh, fires them off for us and i I tell you it's changes every year, and he does such a great job and people really like they come in from all over the place, Henderson, Vegas, to see these fireworks they're phenomenal
0: and they're they're very safe they the engineering and the layout that they've really taken all the precautions i was really impressed with their operation. Neat family. Yes. Well, that's exciting. So going back, the day starts actually with a pancake breakfast. This is really a three-park all-day type event. So the pancake breakfast is sponsored by the Rotary Club of Boulder City, and they do that at starting at 7 there at the grill, at Rotary Grill in Bicentennial Park. And and do they have to do people buy tickets for that or do they just show up? They show up
1: and they make a donation for the pancakes. A lot of the uh, politicians like to show up there and kind of serve to the public. And so we get, get we get quite a few people there. The line is long, but the the, uh, pancakes and bacon are good or sausage are good. And
0: it moves really fast. I remember watching thinking, oh my gosh, those people are going to miss the parade, but it moves very quickly.
1: It sure does. Yeah. They do a good job.
0: As long as they don't have politicians actually making the pancakes, it moves very quickly.
1: We have our, the Rotary Club has probably two or three people that they they assign to that project, and it works out real good.
0: I remember seeing Councilman Duncan McCoy sitting over a five-gallon bucket with a drill that had a big old beater on the end of it, mixing all the pancake batter, and I thought we should charge just to watch him make pancakes. It was hysterical. Yeah,
1: it's great to see him do that.
0: (laughs) He's such a neat guy. I just love him. And so this year, I know we always have somebody special that we represent as the Grand Marshal and uh, try to honor and appreciate them. Who is the Grand Marshal for 2022?
1: Well, this year, the committee recommended the fire department for their efforts in the COVID vaccination and COVID testing and also the Parks and Recreation office staff who made 4,400 COVID tests and 5,500, I think, COVID vaccination appointments. Right. So a combination of the fire department actually putting on the event at the Smith Center and the Parks and Recreation staff making all the phone calls and and keeping that organized. So they were selected by the committee to be the Grand Marshals this year.
0: That's wonderful. And they definitely deserve our appreciation. And what about the flyover? I know the flyover is probably one of your favorite things, and I know it is something that so many of our locals look look forward to. Can you share a little bit about who is that that actually performs that?
1: Well, we have a a group of pilots, -pilots. ex-pilots. Mark Dulaney kind of puts it together for the airport. I call Mark, and Mark gets uh, his friends and, and, and kind of puts the flyover together. This year, we're going to have a flyover at 9 o'clock sharp down Main Street. They're going to make three passes over the parade route, so get your cameras out. It's kind of a neat neat thing. In the years past, we've had P-51 Mustangs. We've had some neat aircraft that have flown over Boulder City, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it this year.
0: I, I think that that's one of the fun things that... Sets it off and lets everybody know what's happening, and so thank you for organizing that because I I know that what there was a couple of years we didn't have a flyover a military presence and it was disappointing. So thanks for finding this as a a great way to celebrate the locals, and that just that makes it even more fun when it's somebody that we know.
1: Yeah. And I I sure appreciate their effort. It takes a lot to coordinate that, Mark, and as people do a great job.
0: I know that during COVID, we, we missed having the parade and, and very glad that it's back. We don't have to worry about COVID measures this particular year other than just reminding people to be smart and be safe. And so uh, are there any other precautions or anything that we're re- requesting of the, the, the guests that are coming to watch?
1: Well, the biggest thing that we have in the in the water zone, is people that like to jump the barriers and run out in the streets and we we can't have that because it's such a safety issue. The reason why we had the barriers one time is a kid was running out in the street and slipped and and got run over right on the corner there and the, and the next year we started the barriers but people like to they get excited and it's not the not the kids it's the <laughs> the adults. And so we're going to crack down on that. We have to. It's a safety issue and we're going to make sure that they stay behind the barrier. They can shoot all the water they want, but they can't rush out into the street.
0: And they cannot have water balloons.
1: That's correct. We've had some water balloons in the past that people put in ice chests to transport in ice. They froze up, and when they threw them, it's just like throwing a brick at someone. And one of our councilmen got hit right in the nose and knocked his glasses off and got a black eye. And so we don't allow water balloons to
0: I can attest to that because I was sitting with him on the back of that vehicle and a jingle cat went kind of flying. So <laughs> I do remember that experience and I am grateful that that's kind of the role. And I think for the most part, people do understand and appreciate that. And so in today's day and age, there's a lot of conversation about the water and being water smart. I know that it's a finite amount of water that's part of this event when people have their the little portable Cool or something in the back of their vehicle. Once that's gone, it's gone. And the water section is a very short section. It's not like we just waste water the entire parade route. It's just a very finite amount. And so I know that you probably have had people ask you questions about that this year. Yeah,
1: we have with the lake being so low. But uh, you like, as you said, it's a very short and fast type of thing. It's, it's done in a matter of probably minutes. Uh, so um, it's it's a good way to cool off the crowd and get them ready for the festivities for the day.
0: And so there at Broadbent Park, when the parade ends, what type of activities are happening there this year?
1: Well, we'll have a beer, a beer wagon there, and then the Elks are going to be selling hamburgers, the Girl Scouts will be selling hot dogs, and we have the swim team selling silly string. And uh, you're going to have people after the parade drop off there so they can talk and you have your reunions and all that good stuff. So at two o'clock, we're going to be transferring the beer wagon down to Veterans Memorial Park in preparation for the four o'clock startup down there. so And
0: you have the coin toss at the pool. That's correct. What time?
1: That's 11 o'clock and uh, there's 350 bucks that they throw in the three pools. And if you come down there and it's free to get in uh, basically. And if you come down there, you can you grab as much money as you can. So that's uh, fun. It is.
0: So I have to admit, as a kid, the silly string and the confetti eggs were probably the one thing I looked forward to. And then once I got on the committee and realized I had to pick the garbage up, it no longer was my favorite. (laughs) So never my favorite thing to see kids silly string everywhere, but everyone's smiling. And those are just kind of those traditional things that make memories.
1: That's correct. It does make a mess, but it's worth it, I think.
0: I think so, too. And we'll just get those kids all to be on the committee so that they learn how to pick up after (laughs) (laughs) themselves.
1: I hope so.
0: And then with all of the different reunions that come down and kind of like stake their their spot out in the park. I know my own personal class reunion, we've got 35 years. I hate to say that out loud, but 35 years. And so we were going to also make sure that we have a a presence there. And I know that many of the others do as well. Again, more traditions that something that the 4th of July and the Danbury represent. And so do, can they contact you in advance if they want to reserve a space in the park?
1: No, we, we don't get involved in that. They can just they show up and they, some people bring chairs, uh, plastic chairs, and put some sort of wrap around them or a rope around them or, say, reserved or whatever. But we don't get involved in that.
0: I noticed quite a few blankets that get laid down like they've taken up their own real estate. So smart way to do it. And always fun for everybody to gather in the shaded areas. This year being a political year, are we expecting quite a few politicians to come out and uh, take hands?
1: I think so. We have Jackie Mays will be uh, taking care of the political part of it. And uh, I think we have two or three that are coming out. So we'll put them down in the lower park, in the South Park the people are and they get a space and they can do whatever they want in the space.
0: That's great. So Roger Hall, Director of Parks and Rec and President or Chairman of the Danbury Committee, what's your favorite part of the Danbury celebration?
1: Well, I'm a photographer. I do like taking pictures. I've got quite a few pictures of the history of Boulder City for over the years. I love the fireworks. The fireworks show is awesome down at, down at Vets. The whole day is just mom pie apple pie and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the 4th of July and yeah. we're really happy to be a part of it
0: patriotism celebrating America's birthday and and just the you know what that means but also I know too that the the appreciation on the military side is very near and dear to your heart with you being a military brat maybe not a lot of people know about that but also with your mom right here at the Veterans Home and uh, making sure that we say thank you and appreciate those people who have done so much for us. Do you have maybe something that you would like to share? Is there something that we can add to the 4th of July? Maybe let the residents know or guests that are coming to the event, something that they can do to help celebrate and appreciate the people that are either grand marshals or the military that we have here in Boulder City?
1: Well, military, again, is a big big factor for us. My dad was in the Air Force for 30 years, and my mom was even in the Air Force. So she was one of the first women in the Air Force when they switched from the Army Air Corps into the Air Force. And she's still alive. She's 93 up at the Veterans Home, and she's doing real well. I think the military plays a big factor. We play patriotic songs when the fireworks go off, and I think that's uh, a tribute to our, our people, our military. It, it we're at Veterans Memorial Park we have a Shane Patton memorial we also have a Matthew Commons memorial there so we we take care of our own
0: and right there at Rotary Hill the appreciation there as well on the flag and i i think that it's it really feels like Boulder City really gets it we have such community pride but we also have pride in America and so especially with the the, the amount of veteran appreciation programs the veterans home the veterans cemetery And so this just seems like the way that we say thank you and the way that we celebrate, I I wouldn't know what to do without it. In fact, I I can honestly say I don't think I've missed a 4th of July except for maybe one year that I was out of the country. And so... Uh, I know a lot of people who can say the same thing. This is the place they come and everybody comes home for it. So I can remember a very uh, fun event. It was just last year. We had the opportunity to watch the fireworks as a committee from a little bit closer of a location there in the park. And it was amazing to me to physically see that rocket go up and then hit right above you. And you're so close to it and you you feel that uh, that stuff fly out of the air. It just was incredible. It was a great experience and you and I have to be standing there and you are still to this day make fun of me for that particular experience.
1: Well uh, I, I was videotaping that and Jill was screaming so loud in my ear and in the videotape that I, I started laughing and so yeah but it was it was fun you can really experience uh, the power of the fireworks uh, at, at Veterans Memorial Park.
0: Absolutely and listen to all the car alarms go off after that first boom it's always hysterical. And so we know that there is a fee to park down there, and that fee is a little different than in previous years. Can we kind of share that?
1: Yeah, basically, when you come into the park, we're going to have two lanes coming into the south end of the park, and we're charging $20 a car. You can get as many people in that car, as, you, and if you have bungee cords, you can put them on top as well. But 20 bucks a car to get in. There's a finite number of asphalt parking spaces, and once that's filled up, then we'll put you in the dirt parking, which is right next to the ball fields there. And so last year, we there's quite a few people at that park, and everyone was enjoying themselves.
0: It was. It was a lot of fun. So a couple of things that we do discourage, though, is we don't encourage them to bring their own barbecues because that is a little bit hard for us to monitor and maintain and can get dangerous with the number of people that are there. Is that That's one thing, right?
1: They cannot bring barbecues with coals in them because after, after the event— Um, there's no place to put the coals okay and if they put them in the grass and kids run by they get burned they put them in the garbage can guess what the garbage can catches on fire and we have an issue so we we disallow those we have allowed barbecues small barbecues with propane in in the past but again watch your kids watch uh, what you do with it
0: and then what about people bringing their own fireworks
1: no fireworks are allowed at the park uh And we kind of discourage them bringing dogs too. Fireworks uh, have a tendency, they're very loud and have a tendency to scare dogs. Leave your dogs at home. It's it's good for the dogs and it's not good for that crowd and the number of people that we have down there.
0: Yep, and they're all having fun and enjoying themselves. And the last thing we want to do is worry about a lost dog that takes off out in the desert. So I really appreciate those just points to think of and people to remember so that they know in their planning. And so let's learn a little bit more about Rod. You've been with the city how long now?
1: Ooh, 45 years.
0: And so what was your first job?
1: I was a part-time person. I started the e-sports program here in Boulder City. Chuck Reynolds called me one day, and I was working at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And he said, how would you like to come to Boulder City, Nevada, and start uh, an official sports program? Now, the Bravo Association, the Boulder Recreation Association Volunteer Organization ran the sports program. It was a good sports program. However, when I came on board, then we made it a city a program and, and we started from there.
0: And that's how Bravo Field got its name. That's correct. I don't think people realize that was actually initials of an organization. Yes. Very good. And so thank you for all those years of contributing to sports and giving kids something to do that bettered them and got them outside and moving and active and probably led to active lifestyles in the future as well. And so I know that you are involved in the hand cart races that they once had out there on the the tracks there at Southern Nevada Railroad. Um Do you have some fun memories about that?
1: I do, actually. We were world champions one year for one year and then the next year, obviously, a new, new champion was crowned. However, it was kind of cool we had it every year, A Dave Legler was involved, and we, we brought people and, and carts in from all over the country, California especially, and had a, had a great time down there.
0: I, I missed that. I wish that we could bring those back. Who was on your team?
1: Rick Fredella was on my team. We had Scott McGrant or uh, McGranny, Dave McGrani. He was on a team and, and a couple other guys. This big guy named Hans, he was like 6'5 and, and 258. He was a big boy.
0: You guys were quite the celebrities in Boulder City back then.
1: Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun.
0: That's great. And I know you've also been involved. You've had you played basketball. You've been doing all kinds of other sport activities. You're very essential with the Sunrise Rotary and some of their fundraising activities and the Worst Fest and the Senior All-Night Party. And so you've contributed a lot to Boulder City. So we truly appreciate all that you've done and thank you very much. And we're glad you're willing to keep doing it. And so if We have people who are listening and they decide that they want to be part of the committee, the planning process, how they just get a hold of you again at the Parks and Recs. Is that the way to do it?
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. Just contact the Parks and Rec and uh, leave your leave your number and we'll we'll get right back to you.
0: And we'd love to hear feedback from people, things they like, things that they can see, some opportunity for improvements, some solutions. We don't want anybody complaining. We don't like, we don't actually, nobody that listens to the Best Damn Podcast is a complainer, so we don't have to worry (laughs) about that. So how can they get a hold of you or what's the best way to reach you?
1: Well, the number is 702-293-9256 is the number. Any one of the girls will take your name and number and and I'll call you back and we'll get you going. But uh, we do need people to help, and we'd like to continue and have the 74th next year, uh, but we need people to help.
0: Very good. Is there anything else you'd like to share?
1: I appreciate what you do for the community. I've known you for a number of years. You've been on the Danbury Committee for many years as well and uh, very play an integral part in entertainment and and stuff in the park. So I thank you for that.
0: Yes, you're welcome. And I'm happy to do it. I think it's a blast. So they can also check out wbcnv.org for more information. And I know that they can do backslash Danbury and get straight to the application and also information for the day. And so we'll provide all the links and social media handles on our website as well. This has been a production of the Boulder City Chamber of Commerce brought to you from INI Music and Podcast Studios. You can find The Best Damn Podcast on all of your favorite podcast directories as well as online at bouldercitychamber.com. Like us and share on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, discover, explore, and unwind in Boulder City.